This is Deray Olalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 103. Stiggy, Iggy. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7-Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobster, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. Yo, what's going on, BTM Tribe? We're back for another installment, another episode of the Before the Millions podcast. It's a little bit too high. Podcast. There we go. Okay, cool. So, Guys, this week we are talking to Mr. Lee Kearney and Lee has a blueprint or he's well on his way to a billion dollars. Yes, a billion dollars with a B. And he kind of shares with us like behind the scenes, like his blueprint to get to a billion dollars in revenue in his company. It's amazing. Just to give you guys a hint, his plan has a lot to do with real estate, but even more to do with Mara Joanna. But more importantly, he shares with us his past blueprints and how he's gotten to where he is today and how he's utilized mentors in his life to propel his success that much further, that much faster. So Lee is kind of our mentor on this show. Like he's literally given us blueprints for us to get from one stage to another. And at the stage he's at now, he still has mentors that are doing a billion dollars in revenue that are helping him get there with their blueprints. So we're going to see this common theme play out of utilizing mentors to get to the next level. Again, Lee is our mentor for this show, and I can't wait to get into it as he works his way to a billion. Now, speaking of Lee working his way to a billion, one of my favorite shows, if not my favorite show currently on TV, is a show called Billions. And this is an American TV series. It's on Showtime for those of you guys who've never heard of it and want to look it up. But it's about wealth and influence and corruption and all this good stuff. It's based out of New York. So basically, there's a U.S. attorney going against a big hedge fund king and they're clashing. And these I mean, these guys are resilient. And and one of the craziest twists is that the U.S. attorney's wife works for the hedge fund manager and she doesn't work in any small capacity. Like she's almost like the lifeblood of the business. It's crazy. I don't want to give you guys any spoilers, but if you're into this kind of thing, this show is for you. Again, the show is called Billions, one of my favorite shows. So I mentioned that Lee gives us a few blueprints, right? And he teaches us even how to work with mentors. 
I often see, and you guys may be guilty of this, or you guys may see it yourself and be like, what? But I often see, especially on sites like Bigger Pockets, and I see new people just hearing about real estate and they're trying to get into real estate investing. And they'll create a, a post on Bigger Pockets. Like you'll see at least two, three, maybe four a day, that many of this exact type of post. Hey, my name is so and so, and I am interested in real estate investing. I am in need of a mentor. If you're interested, please call me at 972 blah, 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 blah. And I look at those posts and I'm just like, man, like you've got it all wrong. You've got it all backwards. Like, I don't know of a single successful mentor scouring the net looking for posts like this and be like, oh, yeah, this person's looking for a mentor. Let me mentor them. So, anyways, on today's show, we're actually going to talk about how to find a mentor, how to approach a mentor, and what type of relationship you and your mentor should have. There are many, many benefits of having mentors in every facet of your life. But more specifically, one of the better reasons I like having mentors is to be able to follow a proven system. I'm really systems oriented, and I know that with a system to get to a goal, any goal is achievable. So when I look for mentors, I look for mentors who have a proven system of whatever it is that I'm looking to do, whether it's wealth, health, or relationships, but it's a proven system that I can replicate and they can show me exactly how to do that. That's one of the most important things for me when it comes to a mentor-mentee relationship. And speaking to systems, I love teaching systems, right? I have a mastermind group, the Before the Millions mastermind group, and it's literally the highlight of my week, people. Like, it is amazing what we're able to do in this group. I'm working with other business owners and entrepreneurs in the real estate space. And like recently, we had a whole session on email marketing because although I'm working with different types of entrepreneurs in my mastermind group, there are certain fundamentals or certain systems that would be behoove us for us all to really follow. So, so recently I taught and helped my mastermind members implement a email marketing system. So as you guys know, or may not know, I use ConvertKit. I was teaching them how to set up their email account campaigns and show them how effective and how efficient email marketing can be as a component of their business. More importantly, how important it is to have emails for all of your clients, all of your customers, and stay in communication with these people. Here in the next week or so, probably after this episode actually releases, I'm getting ready to show my mastermind members how to build a CRM system or CRM database for all of their various clients and customers and sellers and buyers. And I'm excited about this as well. And I meet with my mastermind every single week, virtually online. And every single week, there's a new topic or challenge that we're tackling based on what my mastermind members are facing in their business. As I know, and as many of you know, the fortune is in the follow-up in many businesses, right? So not always on the first contact are you going to be able to get that sale, or are you going to be able to buy that property, or are you going to be able to get that client? So if you have an impeccable follow-up system, then you're a lot more likely to get that second sale or that third sale a month or two or three months or a year down the line. So in an upcoming meeting that we have, I'm going to teach my members how to create their CRM. And then once they create their CRM, I'm going to show them how to use this app called Zapier to automate many of their processes. Again, this is a system 
and the system has structure. And when you implement a system or structure from a mentor who's already done it before, then you're going to get success a whole lot faster. You're going to have a whole lot less headaches. You're going to spend a whole lot less money and you're going to have a whole lot more fun doing it. And you'll have a support system behind you to help you through the problems that you do have. It's amazing. Now, currently membership to my mastermind is closed and it's been closed for the past two months. Here in the next few weeks, we're going to get ready to open it back up for maybe a week or so. So if you're interested, you probably want to head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind. If you're interested in this personal masterminding relationship with me and fellow entrepreneurs. Now, these entrepreneurs are either self-employed or they have their business on the side and they're on their path to full-time self-employment. And that is a requirement. So if you are not yet 100% self-employed, you must be on the path to full-time self-employment through your real estate-related business. And if that's you, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind. Membership is currently $500 per month. So that automatically eliminates those people who are dabbling, the people who are on the fence, the people who are not really sure of their business model people who don't have a proven system. So my mastermind, this mastermind is for existing businesses, whereas my workshop is for first-time entrepreneurs, first-time investors. Existing doesn't mean that you have it all figured out, but it means that you have a proven business system. You've had at least one or two clients or customers, and now you're looking to actually grow that. We can help with that. Now, what I will tell you is that the value that you get out of being around a group of peers such as this group and the insights that we're providing for each other and the connections and resources and applications and teachings, it far and exceeds this value, like month after month, no questions asked. So if you're interested, again, head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash mastermind. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Let's talk to Mr. Lee Kearney. Let's figure out how he got into the fixing and flipping game and how he's been able to flip over 7,500 properties in his career. Let's go ahead and get to the show. DeRay's tip of the week. So practice paying it forward. That is the tip of the week this week. Practicing paying it forward, whatever that is, right? I know that I've had a ton of people over the past few years pour into me for one reason or another, for no reason at all that I haven't been made aware of to this day. People just taking out time in their day or or offering me a system or service or connecting me with the right person or just allowing me to ask or inquire about things that I had no idea about. And I think that actually all of us have this, I think that we all have this ability and I think that we all do it in some form or another, but to put it top of mind for this week's tip of the week, the act of paying it forward. You know, it's something that I love doing. And I know that when I'm down or I feel what, when I feel like things aren't going right in my business, I often try to take the onus off of me and my business. And I try to find somebody that I could help. And I find that when I perform that act of paying it forward, man, it lights up a fire in me to allow me to know that first and foremost, everything is okay. And that my problems are so much more smaller than the problems of the world. But second off, I still have 
the ability to make an impact, to make a change in somebody's life. And that is powerful. So in your scenario, I mean, what can you pay forward today to anybody, to somebody? What skill or trait or expertise do you have that you can pay forward? I mean, what are you doing in your profession? What are you doing in your industry that you can easily pay forward to somebody that may take an hour or two hours or a day of your time, but that it'll mean a ton in somebody else's world? Maybe you're a personal trainer and you're going to create a game plan for somebody who's not a client for the next two months. And you're going to give them their exercise regimen and their eating habits and things of that nature. I mean, you're going to do the whole shebang for them as if they were a client. Maybe that's just something that you're going to do for one person today out of the kindness of your heart. Just some pro bono work, paying it forward, right? The fact that you've been blessed to have your business and you've been blessed with the success that you've seen till this day. You know, an old acquaintance of mine approached me with this, well, a similar proposition recently. He wanted to create a personalized workout plan for me. And this situation was more of a business alliance, right? It was a strategic targeting for me because of the relationship that he believes that we can build. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this. This is very smart. And I encourage you guys to do this. I implore you guys to do this, create business alliances. And, you know, you give me a free workout plan and I end up doing it and I love it. And then I tell more people about it and therefore you get more clients. Like that's how business relationships are formed. So there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm describing here is very different. So I'm describing pro bono work, work that you do for other people. So creating that personalized game plan or strategy or whatever it is, but for somebody who's not in a position to help you, for somebody who's looking for this exact thing, who has a problem and that you're able to solve it with your skills, with your efforts, with your work. So uh, again, I wanted to distinguish between those two things, not saying that strategic business alliances are wrong, but for this tip of the week and for paying it forward, I want you guys to target people who are maybe not in the best position to help you, but you're doing this kindness because you're paying it forward. Maybe you're a mortgage officer, right? And you know somebody who you guys have declined or wasn't able, or you know somebody that wasn't able to get a loan. How easy would it be for you to just take that person under your wing and help that person out? And you know the the tools of the trade and you know exactly what they need to do and how they need to do it. It's one thing to just kind of give them that direction on a single piece of paper, but it's another thing to you know, for the next few weeks, hey, let's check in once a week and let's get you let's get you to a point to where you can be approved for this mortgage. Again, it's not something I have to do. It's not in my job title. It has nothing to do with anything I have going on, but paying it forward. I know that this is something that you really want. Here's one thing I want to do. So as a byproduct of Before the Millions, my educational company, I have different platforms such as podcast. And with these set platforms would come a certain level of expertise with some of these platforms because, again, they're byproducts of my educational company. So in order for me to have a podcast, I have to have a podcast. That means I had to have started a podcast, I had to produce a podcast, and I've gotten to 100 and something odd episodes. So I may not be all that experienced, but I know a thing or two about podcasting. So although this has nothing to do with real estate, this has nothing to do with lifestyle design. I'm feeling like paying some of this knowledge forward. Like, why not? I have it in my mind. I have it in my head. It's no use to only just me. So let me ask you guys, 
Is there any one of you out there that wants to learn how to start podcasting? If so, I'd love to help you. Like, seriously, just send me an email. Be like, hey, Dore, I want to start a podcast. Now, again, I don't want everybody emailing me just because it sounds like a cool idea. Like, if you're somebody who's already been thinking about this for a long time, or maybe you've are, you've actually just gotten started, or maybe you're about to start, like you've set your mind to starting a podcast, and this is something that you know 100% that you're going to do in 2019 or the next few weeks or months. If you're that person, email me. And if multiple people email me, I may pick one person or two people, and I am going to help you start your podcast. Why? No reason at all. Just because I know that I have the knowledge and expertise to help you do that. Paying it forward, guys. That's what this tip of the week is about. So think about how you can pay it forward. Think about some skills that are not necessarily in your direct purview, but you acquired those skills through some of the things that you do. And you know that other people could really benefit from having such a skill set. You never know what could come out of that. You just never know. And if nothing at all, nothing at all came out of it, aside from the gratifying feeling of helping a fellow human being get to their goal or create something that didn't exist before, that in itself could and should be enough motivation. But what if something did come of this? Something bigger, something better. That would be crazy. So let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. On today's show, I have the REO rock star, Mr. Lee Carney. Lee, how's it going today? Going great. Going great. Looking forward to get back into things after the holidays. Already shot out of a cannon this morning, so things are going well. I love it. I love it. Lee, where am I talking to you from today? Tampa, Florida. Nice, nice, nice. Is that also the market that you invest in? I invest actually nationwide now, but our home, our home base, our corporate office is here in Tampa. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so guys, for you guys who don't know, Leaf flips about 15 to 20 houses per month. And Lee started investing in 2004. Yeah, we're, right now we're averaging uh, between 30 and 50. 30 and 50. So what the info I have on you is outdated. So double, double what I just stated. That's amazing. And at this, at this point in time, and this is probably outdated as well, but you, you've bought and sold over 6,000 properties. I mean, what's the current number now? About 7,500 deals and counting. My My goodness. And we're going to get to all of that shortly, but we want to take it back in the time, time machine. Lee, we want to talk about the inception of Mr. Lee Carney. How did all of this kind of begin? Like, Hey, take us back and tell us when you started considering real estate, why, why real estate? And what were some of those initial thoughts? Sure. I'm even going to go a step further back than that, which was one of the first questions I asked my father about 30, about 30, 35 years ago. I said, dad, what's business? And he said, well, son, we buy low and we sell high. And then my next question, which I was actually really proud that I asked him this, I said, well, why don't those people go buy from the same place you do? And he said, well, they don't know where to get it. And so right then, early on, I was struck by business. I thought, this is incredible. You buy low, you sell high, I can do this. And so as a young kid, I was buying and selling anything that I could buy low and sell for more money. I was a little kid coming to school selling everything under the sun. So yeah, I went straight past the lemonade stand and just went to to sell anything that could make money. So I was always buying, selling cars and trading just bikes and whatever I could to make some money. So I loved the idea of business early on. And real estate was funny. I got into that by accident. So about 15 years ago, uh, I'd moved back to Ireland. I was supposed to take over my father's company. Things didn't work out. They, they looked at his partners, looked at me as a college upstart who thought he knew too much. And so 
I said, you know what, this is not for me. I said, I want to do my own thing, start my own company. But I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to do something by myself. So I bought a condo about a month after I bought it, got broke into, and I said, this is terrible. I'm just going to sell this place. And what's funny is I cashed out about 90 days start to finish, made about 35 grand by accident on a property I didn't even want. So I said, this is the easiest money I've ever made in my entire life. I said, in fact, that the job at the time was probably pretty similar to what I'd cashed out just by buying and selling a property. So I was smitten right there with real estate. This was back in 2003. So I decided to move back to the States and move to California. And one of the first things I did was found a mentor. And I, I didn't know anything about real estate. I just knew that you could buy and sell a property, make 35 grand. And in my mindset, I'm thinking, if I did this by accident, imagine I actually tried to do this. And so I found a guy I went to church with who bought and sold properties. And I asked him a lot of questions. I rode around with him a lot, just try to help him out with his properties and cleaning up and picking up materials and ask him questions along the way. I know later on you're going to ask me about books and stuff, but one of the primary ways I've learned is by sitting down with people smarter than me and asking a bunch of questions and listening. I spend a lot of time listening to people that are a lot smarter than me. And I'll be honest with you, I pick up more in an hour at lunch or dinner with someone who's a $100 million plus person than it would from reading 20 books, 100 books even, because you're hearing it straight from the horse's mouth how they're successful, how they continue to be successful, what kind of habits, how they look at business in general, how they look at the world. In fact, one of my mentors, it's funny because I see the stock market getting a little shaky again, and he texted me the day in 2008 that the market hit bottom and said, the, bottom, the market's hit bottom. I'm like, how do you know this stuff? So again, I try to surround myself with people a lot smarter. And you and I chatted before the show about getting back in the gym and stuff like that. You know, when I've hired trainers in the past, I want a guy who looks exactly like how I want to look to train me. I don't want someone who's huge or small or out of shape. I want someone who's lean and, you know, athletic and just looks exactly like I want to look. And so I try to find those people when it comes to business. And in my mind, business is way bigger than real estate. Real estate is a great stepping stone and it has been for me. It's been a stepping stone to invest in all of the other things that I do. That's where I've created large amounts of money to be able to invest in alternate businesses outside of real estate. But getting back uh, to, to finding a mentor. So back in 2003, I'm in California, done my accidental flip. So now we're fast forward to 2004. It was a lot harder than I thought. I spent about four months driving around, looking at properties, went to college by day. Later in the afternoon, I'd start driving properties. For four months, I drove properties. Finally found a property, it was a probate. I dealt with this little nice old agent, really, really patient with me. I mean, four months to buy one house. It was about $130,000. I said, sure, borrowed hard money on it. And so closed on the property, made my first big mistake, by the way. I moved into the property. So I tried to fix up the house while living there. Absolutely terrible idea. I got electrocuted. I had plumbing problems. I almost had an antenna fall on me. I mean, just the anything that you think could go wrong in a house went wrong. And so finally, at the end of the rehab, I got so annoyed, I just paid a contractor to finish it off. But market was red hot. I made, it's actually the deal was right outside my office. And it's bought it for 130, sold for 184, netted about 30, 35 grand. So now I'm two for two. So I'm thinking, man, I am a rock star. I am like just at the peak of the mountain here. I felt like Midas, like everything I touch is going to turn to gold. So then I made my second and third mistake all on the next house. So I bought the house. 
Lee, really quick, before we get to those mistakes, I want to interject something really, really quick. And I love that we're able to kind of go down your timeline and, and put, a, put a pin in there, put a bookmark in there really quick, because I think those mistakes are going to be super valuable. But I want to, I want to kind of touch on some, some things that you've already highlighted that I kind of want to dive into just a little sure. bit. You talk about the value of a mentor. You talk about some of the things that you were looking for when it, when it came time for you to find a mentor that you were looking for a mentor. And it's easy for us to be like, well, this is what I want out of a mentor. This is what, you know, this is the type of value that I'm looking to get. You know, I want my body to be like this. I'm going to look for somebody who has that. Well, I, I have listeners out there that are probably, probably like, it's, it's a whole, it's easy to find somebody to emulate, but how do you get them to mentor you? How do you get them to work with you? You mentioned that when you first started, you were riding around with your mentor, like he kind of just took you under his wing. And, you know, I don't know if everybody has that opportunity. So maybe talk about some of the things that you did if whether you had to pay your mentor if, whether you had to find some type of way to add some value to that mentor whether it was just like hey I, uh, can, can i take you out for coffee i see a lot of people doing that these days is that the most effective way to do things just kind of talk about your overall experience with that sure when it comes to super high net worth individuals i found the best way to make it in their circles to start doing business with them if you can do business with them where they make money that's a good way to, to, to establish that relationship I've definitely found that it's a lot harder to talk to a guy that's worth $100 million than my first mentor, which was a guy who happened to flip a few houses. And by the way, it was a super nice guy. His name was Greg. Just really just nice and helpful. What I found is if you come right out of the gate saying, I want to pick your brain, like, first of all, I don't really want people picking my brain. It just sounds kind of weird. So I'm, whenever someone says, can I take you out to coffee or lunch and pick your brain? I'm like, no. Like, I never want my brain picked. So that's the absolute worst way to approach me. But I do try to help people like I was helped, and I never forget where I came from. I didn't know a thing about real estate. So you want to make yourself be approachable, nice, non-threatening. I like the fact of lunch or dinner because of the fact people got to eat. And if you're offering to take them out and pay for them for a meal, I think that that's reasonable. But I, I don't use words like, can I use you for an hour? Because that's basically what you're saying when you say, can I pick your brain? Just say, I try to you know, approach people and saying, I need some help on this topic. You know, I'd be happy to see if I can do something to help you. And I try to always lead where I can provide some value for them and not just say that because that's, you know, what people say. And it's, it's kind of the cliche. I try to do a little bit of research and figure out, is there something I can do? And I've had people approach me all the way from, you know, offering to do free services for me to learn real estate. I mean, just I've ran the gamut at this point. So I've seen how people have come at me and what's attractive and Typically, someone who's just humble and is asking a couple questions and wants to get a start in real estate, it's hard for me to say no to someone like that. At this point, it's a little tougher because of the educational platform. I maybe have 10 people a day like that reaching out, but I always try to be nice and respectful. And so I'm actually, I've been on both sides of that. So it's, a, it's an interesting question that you ask, but I think that what you don't want to do is be aggressive and pushy. That's what I would say not to do and being approachable and humble and really trying to listen to that person instead of trying to talk a lot. When you're, when you're in a room with someone who's a lot smarter than you, the best thing you can do is use your two ears and not use your one mouth and really listen to what people have to say. I found too that people like to talk about themselves. So I try to ask lots of questions about that person and about their successes and things that they're passionate about. Because what you'll find is most people in the world want to talk about themselves. I mean that not in a bad way, it's just been a fact that I, I've, I've noticed in my life. And so I try to ask people lots of questions about themselves and get them to open up. And then I try to learn from that, but I try not to, you know, say, Hey, can you teach me how to make millions like you? I mean, that's, you know, 
most people don't want to be approached by what made you successful? You know, what's the biggest lesson you learned? What's the big single biggest thing that you has driven your success in business? What's your biggest failure? You know, what should I avoid? Because you you've lived through it. You've done it. You've made the mistake. I'd prefer to shorten that curve and really learn from you. Uh, you know, be really appreciative of those people. I found that, you know, sending a follow-up email, something like that, thanking people, you'd be surprised how many people have approached me in the past and have come and asked for something and then you never hear from them again. And I, I try not to do that to people. I always try to follow up with people, always say thank you, always say please. And, you know, basic manners that I was taught as a kid and I try to translate those into business, just try to be a nice person to deal with. No one wants to deal with a jerk. And I can't fix that for anyone out there. If you're a jerk, I can't fix that for you. But what I can tell you is you need to focus on being a good person inside of business, outside of business. Be someone that people want to do business with. People want to do business with nice people. I mean, whether you're buying a house or any other business, dealing with a contractor, dealing with you know, one of your employees, at the end of the day, people are dealing with people and they want to deal with nice people. And so there's lots of choices in this world. And I try to always be someone that people want to do business with. And that's something that's a very, very core concept of mine. I try to enact that every single day, work on myself, work on the way I talk to people, try to be nice, try to be approachable, try to be helpful. You know, I did a lot of uh, study in college over certain servant leadership. And the big point about that is, you know, you serve your customers, you serve your team, you're, all, you're leading by serving. And when you approach business like that, People are attracted to that. People want to do business with people like that. So, you know, for anyone out there, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Sometimes you're going to have to get outside your comfort zone. But, you know, with a high net worth individual, find a way that you can provide value to them. Typically doing business with them is a good way to do that. One of the easiest people to learn from is someone who lends you money. If someone has enough money and free capital to lend you money, they probably know a thing or two about business, whether they're in real estate or not. So a lot of my mentors have come from people that lend me money. Mm. I mean, they're lending me 10, $20 million. That's not all the money they have. So they can definitely teach me a thing or two about, you know, how they made that money, whether it's real estate or any other business, how they grew that money, how they kept that money, how they kept the government away from that money and how they have that much capital to be able to lend out to people like me. So I found that lenders are a huge, private lenders have been a huge source of education for me because they have, they have gone the full cycle of making it and keeping it and continuing it to grow. And that, that's interesting to me as an investor because the world's much bigger than real estate. So I wanna know, I really wanna learn from people who have tens of millions of dollars in free capital and have learned how to, to keep that through different market cycles, different industries, and different points in their life, and they, they still have that amount of money. That, that to me is super interesting. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you you had so many golden nuggets in there. So I hope the listeners are able to take away from a lot of that because, I mean, finding that initial mentor, I think is kind of key because it's all about that first deal. It's all about that momentum. So if you guys are able to kind of put yourself in a position, add some type of value, do deals with these people, I think that's going to take you above and beyond. Now, being in the position that you're in and that your time is now limited and perhaps because of these educational programs and platforms and things that you're doing now in your space, how do you, when it comes to people who have always known you even before real estate people who are like you know i know that he does real estate so let me just hit him up and pick his brain about this that and the third and i find that happening more often than not these days and i'm just like okay going back to filtering going back to first off knowing how much valuable my time is now i'm just like man like how do i say no 
Do I say no? Do I help these people? And then knowing that 90% of people that I'm on the phone with anyways, I spend an hour talking to you or two hours going out for coffee with you and you don't take any action. It's almost like, what am I doing this for? You know, so, 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 so just, I, I know you've probably been in some similar situations. Kind of speak on that really quick. Yeah, I, I got so much to add there. Well, first of all, I would say I'm probably going to give you a different answer than you're going to hear from some of your other guests. Uh, I don't believe your, your network is your net worth. You know, I completely separate business and my friends. If I grew up together and we played in the schoolyard together and you're still my friend today, 35, 38 years later, I'm good with that. I don't care how much money you have. So, so you're my, if you're my friend, your, your checkbook, your, your bank account, your net worth has nothing to do with my willingness to be your friend and continue to be your friend. So I guess to answer your question strictly, if one of my friends needs help, if they call me at midnight and their car's on the side of the road, I'm going to help them because they're my friend. But now when it comes to business and someone who has learned of your success and now suddenly wants to be your friend, I think that that's where there's a different line there. And so what I typically do at that point some cases I'll give away a product for free and just say, hey, to my team, can you just give them an access to this course or something along those lines where I'm not, you know, investing in it. I hate to say a fake friendship, but, you know, a new friendship and, and wasting business hours on that new friendship because I agree with you. Your time during what I call working hours, which for most people is nine to five. That's a nine to five, Monday through Friday for most people in this country is typically when deals are done, people are talking business. And so, yeah, I'm not going to give up two hours of my time for a new friendship to try to discuss business. But if you're my friend, like I said, I'm going to put you in the same category like I would anything else my friend asked me. I always put my friends first and I'm going to make time for them whether it's business or not business. And again, that, that's my answer on that. And I really just, I don't like the idea of your network being your net worth because I think a lot of people fall into the trap then where they just try to surround themselves with successful people and kick their friends to the curb because they're broke. And I prefer to bring people up around me. I mean, I just have never subscribed to that, that thought process. And I hang out with plenty of people in business that are super successful that my broke friends are not going to bring me back down. Again, I don't care. They're my friend first. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I know that's probably not the textbook answer, but you asked no, the question, and I really wanted to give you my personal opinion on that because I'm pretty passionate about that. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I was even thinking about, you know, some of the people that you may meet at meetups and, you know, you, you run into so many people these days and, you know, as soon as, you know, somebody hears about what you do and, you know, how much success you've had, it's like, oh, well, let, let me, you know, do you mind if I take you out for coffee? And how many of those do you have to say no to? And, you know, I say no a lot. <laughs> so you're just like straight up, no, no, I can't, I can't do it, but here's I my website. I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I told you my schedule before we got on the show this week. I mean, when I say no, it's real, it's genuine. No. And also comes time to spending time with my son. You know, I schedule that time. That's important to me. And so, yeah, if you try to bother me during that time, it's a hard no. I mean, it's just not happening. That's his time. You know, he's, he's only going to be at this age one time and he's, you know, growing up every single day. So I try to, really understand what's important with my time. And during business hours, especially if I'm here at the office, cause now with my schedule and teaching and doing all sorts of other businesses that we're working on, I travel a lot. So when I'm in the office and if you could see, if I could turn it around and show you, I got six screens here in front of me. This is, this is command center. So when I'm at command center at my desk, no phone calls, no nothing. I'm just really, really focused on processing a lot of work. And you'll notice if you, we get to know each other a little bit more. A lot of the times we'll talk on the phone. I'll be in the car. I learned that from one of my mentors. 
that he was always in the car. And I said, you're always in the car when you talk to me. I was joking with him. He goes, yeah, I just save all my phone calls and I'm driving because there's nothing else I can do. So therefore I make all my phone calls. So now you'll get calls from me on the way to work if I'm traveling to an appointment or after work, but you'll, you'll never get a phone call from me at the office. And so I try to learn from people that are smart, really good at using their time. And unfortunately, I don't think you're being mean, by the way. I mean, as someone, as, as nicely as someone can say, can you do this? You can be very respectful and say no. And I don't think that that's mean. Now, if you're haughty and arrogant in the way you say no, just because you might have a few more bucks than them, I don't think, I don't think that's appropriate because ultimately I made a lot of money. I lost it all again, had to make it back, you know, tenfold at this point, which is, you know, thank goodness I learned those lessons and didn't repeat the mistakes. But man, I, I, my pants, I still put my pants on the same way as everybody else. And so I have been on both sides of that and try to always treat people respectfully. So that, that's what I would say to you. You can say no, just do it respectfully. And by the way, you're doing your business a disservice, especially me. I've got an entire team. I'm doing my business a disservice if I'm wasting company time. For sure. And one thing kind of popped into my head and maybe something I may, I may try here in the, in the short term future, because I am starting to get a lot of people just out of the woodworks. Hey, do you mind if I, you know, 30 minutes of your time, an hour of your time. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to try similar to that, to that in the car, you know, making calls thing. I'm going to try to block out maybe two, three hours a week, maybe on a Friday to where it's just like, I'm going to label it pro bono time. <laughs> and Every time somebody asks me like, do I have any availability? I'm going to look at those two, three hours a week. And I'm going to start scheduling 15, 30 minute blocks of time to where here you can have this time you can have this time and once that that friday those two three pro bono hours are filled up they can move on to the next friday so i can have a consistent stream of helping people but i have it in a sectioned off time and that's a great idea one of the things i thought about doing was starting to post on facebook going hey if you want to i'm going to meet a small group of people you know for lunch and we'll meet at this restaurant and that way then you, you get five or ten of those people who have questions and that way you can make a better use of your time. What I found is most of the questions are pretty much the same kind of questions, but still in a small group setting, you're almost as effective as one-on-one. -on -one. That way you get to do a service to them and you're, you're being smart with your time too. So it's funny you mentioned that. I had that on my task list to start setting up a, you know, hey, if anyone wants to grab lunch, I'm free from this time to this time, I'll answer any of your questions. And that way then to get people in my local market, that's a good way to do that. I'm trying to do more Facebook lives and a lot more education. It's very rare you'll see me sell on those things. I'm just, I'm just trying to provide content and show people like, this is what we do. I'm not someone who teaches real estate, but doesn't do it. I'm in the trenches doing this every day. And just like we spoke about before the show, I've graduated from doing one deal to closing on over 200 deals in the next two weeks before Christmas. So I really, really focus on doing exactly what I'm telling people to do. When I learn something new, I share that. And so I like your idea because I was thinking along the same lines, how do I not say no to all these people? And my group lunch was, was my way of, of overcoming that. I love that. I love that. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that a little bit later in the show. So let's get back to some of some of your earlier mishaps. I mean, you, your first two deals, they went amazing. You made 30 and 35 grand. I mean, you're on top of the world, but you're feeling great. You're, you're looking great. You're, I mean, you're, you're starting to really put things together, put things in perspective as far as what you want out of your real estate investing journey. What happens next? You were, you were getting to some, some, to some things that didn't sound so good. So what, what kind of happened next? Sure. Well, so my first mistake was rehabbing a house I lived in. Only because the market was hot, I still made some money, but there was a terrible idea. The rehab took three times longer than it should have. On my second house, I made, well, my second purposeful flip, which was actually my third deal, I made my second and third mistake. 
Number one, I moved from California to Florida, so I tried to rehab it remotely. Bad idea starting out. And then my third mistake was I hired a friend to do the rehab. Terrible idea. So when you find you start paying your friends, we going back to our earlier conversation, friends are friends, business is business. I felt I found that to be a very gray line. It was tough because the project took about six months to do maybe six weeks worth of work, maybe even four weeks worth of work. And because it was my friend, I couldn't really say anything. Now I skated out the back door on that deal, made somewhere between 10 and 15 grand. I felt like I got away with a slap on the wrist and the market was just starting to cool off a little bit in California. So 2005, moved back to Florida, got three deals under my belt. You know, I'm, I'm up on all three, so I'm still feeling on top of the world. So I started asking a bunch of questions and finally found out one of my friends, her father bought at the foreclosure auction. So my questions, I mean, this is how elementary my questions were. What is a foreclosure auction? Well, this is where the banks foreclose on through the county. Where is the foreclosure auction? So I got past all these questions and showed up in the courthouse. It was like a used car salesman convention was the best way of describing it. All these people looking at each other and this person knew this person. And I watched them for about two weeks. And what was happening it was funny. There was a bunch of numbers being auctioned off. And they, there's people probably listening to this that are laughing. But all that was being auctioned off was case numbers, no addresses, and people were bidding on it, and people were looking at each other. Everyone seemed to know what was going on except for me. So I asked a bunch of questions, like, what are these numbers? Well, they're case numbers. What do they relate to? The defendant's name, and then they showed me. Finally, this lady said, I have a book, and I turn those case numbers into addresses and tell you what date they're coming up. I'm like, this is amazing. And she even did title searches and everything. So I bought her book, and then what I started doing was I drove the properties in the morning, and went to the auction in the afternoon. Now I could see, okay, this house is selling for this. This one's selling for this. This person knows this person. This person's working with this person. This person's no intention of actually buying it. They're just driving that bidder up. And so I watched that for another couple of weeks and then finally I jumped in. And that's one thing I'd say to you and all your listeners out there. A lot of people spend a lot of time, you know, ready, aim. Then they're ready, aim. At some point you just got to fire. And so I did my first deal. I bought it. It was the scariest thing I ever did. The going once, going twice, sold. I'm like, what did I just do? I just bought a house for cash at a foreclosure auction. Ended up, I didn't even buy what I thought I was buying. <laughs> I bought a homeowner's lien. It was subject to a mortgage. And somehow, by the grace of God, I made money on that house. I tracked down the borrower and I said, it was funny, he was in California. I said, I need your social security number so I can access your Bank of America account and see how much you owe in your mortgage. The guy gave it to me. So it was great. I could see his mortgage balance. Thank goodness he wasn't months in arrears. It was only about 140, which is what the original mortgage was. So I bought it for seven grand for a homeowner's lien, 140 mortgage, put about 15 into it, sold it for 205. Again, I'm four for four. I'm thinking I'm just awesome. So what I did at the time was I bootstrapped a lot of this with credit cards. People say, how'd you get started? I just kept asking for a higher limit and they gave it to me. And they gave me 0% interest in new cards. So I'm just shuffling balances with 3% advance, uh, advance fee, 0% interest, out about 200 grand in credit cards. And then Bank of America at the time said, if you buy a house, as soon as you get title, we'll cash you out for 100 grand line of credit. I said, this is amazing. So now I turn my, my profits from those first couple houses, my credit cards, which I used to do the initial purchase, then got refis out with a line of credit. I was up to about three and a half million dollars worth of real estate in a very, very short period of time. I was an active buyer at the foreclosure auction. I thought the world would never end. 
and then 2007 hit and the market started to go down. I'm so busy rehabbing, saying I'm a rehabber, I go to the courthouse steps, I buy houses and rehab them. I didn't pop my head up to realize the market was crashing. At the beginning of 2008, I was broke. Literally went from about $2 million that I'd made in two years to zero. When I say zero, you know, I don't want to say I was on food center, but I had about 30 grand left out of, out of 2 million bucks. It sucked. So I'm down to basically my last few bucks. And I said, I got I to gotta make this model work. So I said, where did I go wrong? Well, I was rehabbing houses in a downward market. I wasn't paying attention to the market. I was just focused on doing my strategy first and trying to force that to fit the market. One of the big lessons I've learned since is you look at the market, you see where the opportunity is, and you tailor your business around that instead of just creating your strategy first and then trying to force a square peg in a round hole. So big, big lessons learned. I also learned at that time too some more really valuable lessons. There's always money in real estate, but it's about being on the right side of the trade. Think about it. I was short selling properties for 30 grand that I had mortgaged for 100 grand that were worth 150 grand. So I'm getting my ass kicked, but the person buying the house for 30 grand is winning. So there's always money in real estate. You've got to figure out am I on the right side of the trade or the wrong side of the trade. Now, fast forward 10 years later, I'm selling all my rentals that I bought for 30 or 40 grand back in 08, and I'm selling them for 150, $160,000. I'm on the right side of the trade now. I bought right, I sold right. So I've tried to take the lessons when I was right at the bottom, just getting beat down, lost everything, and said, how do I not do that again? It's kind of like when you're dating people. All dating is is figuring out what you don't want, and because that's all it is, because you stop dating something, so like, that's not what I want, that's not what I want. And then finally, most people get married, when they find what they do want because they've gone through a whole bunch of things they don't want. And that's how business is too. You've got to learn from those mistakes saying that's not what to do. That's not what to do. And this is why mentors are awesome, by the way, because they can tell you those things. If you actually listen to them and take them on board, you don't have to lose the money. You can just say, well, they told me not to do that. Now they're really successful. So I'm not going to do that because they told me. I've had plenty of mentors over the years that told me not to do something that I was gung ho about doing or even stop doing what I was doing and I listened to them and I it's not even blind faith because if they really are successful why on earth would I keep doing something they told me not to do so that's I think that's been one of my strengths too is to put my pride aside listen to people way smarter than me and take action on that it's not just about listening it's about actually taking action when you hear something from someone smarter than you put it into practice do something about it it'll it'll really accelerate your success because what you'll do is do a lot more of the right things, a lot less of the wrong things. You actually get that double effect and you're going to springboard your success a lot quicker by avoiding things you shouldn't do and doing more of what you should do. And I truly believe in a lot of working class neighborhoods where stuff's selling for top dollar, people are maxed out on their income. One thing goes wrong in the life. They lose a job or, or there's some sort of major expense in their household. They're going to go back into foreclosures. I fully expect to pick up most of the houses I'm selling today in the next two to three years at foreclosure options. Wow. Wow. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And circle man, of life. You know, when we talk about your lifestyle today, the businesses that you've built and the time that you dedicate to yourself and the time that you dedicate to your family and how much time and effort you put into your business, talk about your overall lifestyle and what, what it looks like and what you've built and have you built the lifestyle that you wanted all these years? Like, are you at that point? Kind of talk about that a little bit. 
Sure. Right now, today, we're doing a big push because I'm working on getting a medical marijuana license, which is my true passion. And so right now, today, my workload is a little bit more than what I would like. But the goal is to transition into that full time and leave real estate behind. You know, a true champion leaves when they're on top, right? So that's, that's going to be my goal over the next 12 to 24 months is to transition to being a passive real estate investor, not actively working in the business. I'll, I'll probably continue teaching it because I'm passionate about that. And really focus on growing the medical marijuana business. That's probably got a three to five year exit on it, but I'm super passionate. I love that business. I love what it can do for people. Just like education can change people's lives, this medicine can change people's lives. I know people got all sorts of opinions on it, and we could spend the next hour talking about why I'm passionate about that, but that's something I've been working on for five years. By the way, I've never worked in a business for five years and not made any money before, so this is the first one and hopefully the only one, but I'm that passionate about it that I love it, and we're going after getting a license and then really launching that business, and our goal is to become a billion-dollar company with that particular business. So, you know, my, my expectations are set high, you know, I, I've done hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and now it's the time to do billions. And so, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. I love that. As far as lifestyle goes, yeah. I mean, I found myself calendaring all this time for work and then I, I found myself not calendaring time for my son. So now, as silly as it sounds, I calendar time to go to the gym, I calendar time to spend with my son. That's his time. If I'm going to be here on a podcast with you, and I'm going to show up because that's something we calendared. Why wouldn't I do the same thing for my family? So I've tried to really take what works and allows me to get the things I want to get done in a day and make sure I'm pretty consistent with that. And so that might sound overbearing to some people, but for me it works and it means I get everything I want done in a day and all the things that are important to me. But ultimately the goal is to transition out of business. I don't see myself working 10 years from now. My goal will be to ultimately be retired into a, a passive investor where I'm like one of my lenders. My, my ultimate passion with my money is to become a lender on that side of the equation and be lending to people like me that are operators. I like that side of the business. The paperwork's easy. You get to know the borrowers. You get to know their business. And I really feel comfortable with that space. And I've seen a lot of my mentors transitioning from being successful in business to being very wealthy by passively investing money, especially through self-directed IRAs and things like that. So I think as far as, you know, having a lot of time to be able to do things that are not work related, that's, that's going to be my transition will be into it being a passive investor. I love that. I love that. Lee, this has been simply spectacular. Thank you for the time and advice that you've yeah. been able to give us. I think about the, we've had probably a hundred guests on the show at this point and maybe about 10% of them have all have already alluded to the fact that medical marijuana is their next stepping stone. Medical marijuana is where it's at. And I think about the other classes that are named, the other asset classes that are named as far as like what real estate investors are interested in these days. And that's at the top of the list, especially for the people that I've had on the show. And then I think, I think maybe, you know, stock market investing and things of that nature. I think I've maybe had two or three people that have been like, okay, this is, this is kind of my next four year. This is something I'm doing in conjunction with real estate, but medical yeah, marijuana is market to crash. The market's going to crash again in 2019. Then it's a good time to buy. Lifestyle design acceleration hacks. What is your favorite before the millions book? My favorite book uh, is one I read recently, uh, Tools of the Titans, because it's a bunch of short stories about really successful people and leaders. I liked it because I could just read one short story a day instead of having to read this gigantic book. And I've got ADD, if you haven't gathered. So that's 15 minutes or more in one task, I'm out. So I try to divide my day into 15 minute tasks, so I love that book. 
I love it. And listeners out there, for those of you who don't know, that book is written by Mr. Timothy Ferris. And you can find that book on Audible, which you can get two free books if you just go to beforethemans.com slash book. That's a great book, by the way. Uh, question number two, what is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. I love Google Calendar. <laughs> I think that I do, and I love Google Sheets. And I, I'm now getting into Google Tasks, which is like the next level of combining my calendar and my email and my tasks. So I think Google Suite in general has got the most epic tools out there. And I love teaching that stuff because it's free. So you don't have to spend all this money and all this crazy stuff where it takes you 10 minutes to input one task. And Google Suite has allowed me to, to be able to get everything done that I want to do and get it done efficiently. I use color coding and all sorts of other cool tools. But yeah, I love Google, I think, is the best tools out there. Yeah, you're actually right. I don't think anybody's ever verbalized that. I mean, Google is doing a really, really great job just with everything that they have, all their softwares and just having the whole Google suite. I think that that is... So, so Google Tasks, for instance, you can drag the email onto your task list. So then your email becomes a task. So you don't have to copy and paste it. I mean, That's for awesome. someone who... Yeah, exactly. I, I get really nerdy about stuff like that, but I love yeah. being efficient. And I hate wasting a bunch of time to input a task. I want task lists to be easy to use and to really be a tool to help me get more done, not spend more time inputting the task. Nice. And that, that you'll find with some of those efficiency tools that literally it takes you five minutes to onboard a task instead of just copy and paste it over onto the list. Yeah, so that's right. why I'm not a big fan of anything other than Google Suite. What do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? I like the fact that you've got choices and that because of the fact that I work for myself, I can, I can choose what I want to do and when I want to do it. Now, again, I run large businesses at this point, so it's hard to drop that same day. But if I'm looking forward to next week, it's cool when you can just move around your calendar and make time for something you really want to do. And, and a lot of people that have jobs don't get to do that. They just have to go or they got to call in sick or make up an excuse. And that sucks. You know, I, I, I mean, I think that the world needs people because otherwise I have no one working for me. So I'm very, very grateful that the world has all sorts of people like that. But I'm grateful for the fact that I can move things around on my schedule and, and get the things that I want to get done within reason, done whatever they are. You know, if I pick up a new hobby, I can move my schedule around and get that stuff done. I like diving, I like spearfishing, like cycling. So there's, I've had a couple neck surgeries this year. If you can see, I'm not sure if you can see Yikes, I can. Yeah, yeah. So I had to take it a little bit easy. I'm at no snowboarding this season, but uh, next year I'm back on it. Once my neck's fused, I'm ready to go again. Got it, got it, man. Yeah, and this next question kind of kind of aligns with, with some of the sacrifices. Look like It looks like that you're making. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? You've got to put a lot of time and effort in at the beginning. I think that that's unavoidable for most people in real estate. Because there's so many moving parts, because you're onboarding, setting up processes. Again, now I'm successful because I've got processes and systems and i got great people running those. But when you start out, you don't have systems and processes and you don't have great people. So you've got to hire great people. you got to build out your system. you got to build out your workflow. And that, that takes a little bit of time. But what I like about it, you know, I consider it a thousand X of my time. Because if I figure out how to save 10 minutes a week by spending 30 minutes on one task, and then in perpetuity, I never have to waste the time again, I look at the return of my time as, you know, really huge at that point. Again, you could put an exact number on it with math, and so a lot of times you're going to have to set up stuff for the first time in business and that will require more time and you've got to be consistent. A lot of people approach this business with, you know, they send out one mailer and they say, well, my response sucks. Well, no, maybe your message sucks. Maybe mailing doesn't suck. 
Maybe your follow-ups up that you call people back two days later instead of having someone live answer the phone. You know, maybe you set up a pay-per-click, but you use the wrong keywords. You know, pay-per-click doesn't suck. Maybe you suck. And so, you know, I find that people are just not consistent. They try one thing or they listen to people that are not as smart as them. That goes back to my original point. They listen to naysayers. And, you know, I've tried to really exit out of groups like that on Facebook. You know, any group that focuses on bashing other people, I'm out. You know, I don't promote that. I promote success. You know, I think there's a lot of smart people in this world. And I found that angry people are usually broke. And so I've tried not to, in business, surround myself with angry people because they're usually broke, not someone that I can gain value from. So watch who you're listening from. That's what I would really, really say. And make sure that if you've done the wrong thing, you got to re-engineer that and say, well, where did I go wrong? Pinpoint it and basically do the complete opposite. When you've made a wrong move in business, the clue is usually that you have to go 180 degrees because if it's completely wrong, you need to do something completely different. And that takes a lot of humility for us. So when you're starting out, be humble. Be humble to realize you are gonna make mistakes. Be humble and use your ears to listen to people that are smarter than you. You pick up nuggets from a whole bunch of smart people, your success, that, that time frame is gonna be really, really short because you don't have to make the mistakes that people that try to go it alone do that think they don't need to listen to anybody. Uh, there's lots of people that have made the exact same mistakes as you and will continue to make them again in the future. You don't have to be one of those people. There's so much information. When I look at when I was starting out, I mean, there's basically a free YouTube video on everything right now. Like, you do need to verify the source, of course, and make sure it's not just somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. But the amount of information out there, this business is way easier than what I started 15 years ago. And even just researching properties and the amount of info you can get, you can do it all from your desk. We're buying, buying and selling properties nationwide with BPOs and with agents in remote markets and with crews in remote markets. And it doesn't really make a difference where it is. I couldn't have done this business 15 years ago like that. So I'm super excited. I actually think it's easier today than it was 15 years ago. And I just encourage everyone out there that, you know, I did it when it was hard. Now it's easy. So there's really nothing stopping you. I love it. I love that so much. Who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? One of my mentors who's now passed away, his name was Bumper. Very, very colorful past. He had a lot of life experience. And he always, he really taught me about, you know, getting back up when you fall down. And I remember I went to see him after I'd lost all my money and I said, Bumper, I'm broke. And he said, son, you look at your dad now, I'm expecting like some really epic answer. He goes, you just got to sell your way out of it. And I said, that wasn't what I was expecting. But you know, the truth is, you know, we, a lot of times when we make a mistake in business, we wallow in the mire and don't really do anything about it. The best thing you can do when you make a mistake in business is create new revenue. And so I've really focused on that when I've had down times in business going, the best way to fix this problem right now is to create new revenue. I'm not focused on where I made a mistake on a past deal is to focus on constantly filling my pipeline with new revenue and also uh, checking my attitude at the door every day. One of the things I learned from Tools of the Titans and books like that, all successful people have a routine in the morning. So try to set yourself up for success. Give yourself enough time to set yourself for success every day. Check your attitude at the door, whether you're meditating, praying, doing some sort of form of exercise, which I recommend you release your endorphins to feel a lot better. And then you come to the office and you kick ass. I never wanna be around people when I'm in a bad mood or not feeling business and I'm just not in the right mindset. And so I try to give myself about two hours. For me personally, 
whatever time I want to be in the office, I get up at least two hours before that. So I've got plenty of time to just get myself set up for success, prepare my day, get an action plan, then go execute. Boom. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? I think that a lot of people don't write down. So what they do is they create goals. Everybody's big about doing goals. I've seen that most people are cool. Like they have vision boards and all this kind of, Anyway, I'm trying, trying to be respectful. So they have, <laughs> they have stuff like that. And that's cool because you, obviously it's hard to create a roadmap if you don't know where you're going. But a lot of people stop at the destination. And then I see a lot of people that create the roadmap. So they got their goal. They got like, I want to make a million dollars next year. Um, and I actually teach this. That's $83,333 a month. And then I break it down what that is per week, about 20 grand a week. Then they even create an action plan. I'm going to buy and sell, you know, 10 houses a month. And then they stop they don't actually say, well, what do I need to do to buy 10 houses a month? How do I do that? What do I need to do today? What do I need to do tomorrow? And so I think that breaking down the action steps into micro action steps and then actually doing it. And that's where I see a lot of people fall short. They have the theory and they wrote it down in one case, but then they just don't do it. And in another case, they have it in their head and they don't write it down at all. And I'm a big fan of writing it down and then executing it. So you got to plan and execute. And plan, write it down and execute is probably the best way I can describe it. A lot of people plan and then execute haphazardly because they didn't write it down and don't have formulated thought. A lot of people plan and write it down, but then they never execute. They just sit and look at this chart and this vision board with a Ferrari on it, but they're not actually doing anything to get that. And also, a lot of people don't have a purpose. Why do you want a Ferrari? Do you just want material things? Or like, do you have something bigger in mind? Because I think the world's an empty place if you're just chasing money. That's my personal opinion. I would say not having money sucks, but having money doesn't make you happy. Otherwise, you wouldn't have people in Hollywood committing suicide. They got hundreds of millions of dollars. And they're still committing suicide. So clearly money isn't the only thing that creates happiness. There's gotta be something more to that. And that goes back to people who call it their why. I mean, I've heard different ways to express that, but I do think that you need to identify not only where you're going, but why you wanna get there. And then that's gonna make you more motivated to actually get down in the dirt and do those action steps and actually, you know, do something. Lee, this has been, it's been amazing. It's been spectacular. I mean, like I said, I wish we can go on for another hour, but um, this is the end of our show. And it's, it's one of those things to where we're, we're going to have the listeners. You guys are going to have to go back and listen to this episode two or three times because there have been so many value bombs and nuggets, every single one minute marker. And I love it. So if the listeners kind of want to learn a little bit more about you, Lee, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to learn a little bit more about some of the things that you're offering, where can they find some information? Sure. At www.flipyourincome.com. Again, that's www.flipyourincome.com. Nice, nice, nice. And we'll have uh, the link to that and the recommended book in the show notes. So guys, definitely check that out. Lee, again, I can't thank you enough uh, for the time that you've uh, dedicated to our listeners and for the things that you're doing in the community in general. I think that we need more people like you. So until we talk next time, I have a great day and we'll talk to you very soon. Thank you.